afternoon. It's Mel Tempest from the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast and the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast. And today I am speaking to Jared Sarico. Who is Jared? The Health Club Doctor. How are you? Jared? I'm fantastic, Mel. How are you? Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm absolutely awesome and you're very welcome. Now, Jared and I, we just jumped onto uh, Facebook Live and we were going to do a Facebook Live and technology did not did not cooperate with us this morning. So here we are, here we are, and we are going to answer some incredible questions. But first of all, Jared, for those, and there's not many, but for those who don't know you, who are you, what are you about? Uh, what am I about? Well, I like uh, long walks on the beach, quiet <laughs> evenings at home. Um, no, uh, what am I about? I'm about the fitness industry. Honestly, that's who I've been my whole life. So uh, my, my company, we're a full-service health and fitness consulting firm uh, specializing in helping fitness businesses of all shapes and sizes make money. Um, and so I've been doing this since I was 17 years old. There's nothing else I've my career and it's what I love to do. So uh, I'm about helping people and helping businesses. That's, that, that's me in a nutshell. That's you in a nutshell. Now, Jared, right now, right now, you're actually helping health club owners in the USA prepare to reopen. Is that not right? Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. So let's just talk about the reopening process because obviously the USA is quite further um, ahead of us here in Australia. And um, like you, we too have to wait for our premiers to tell us what we can do in each state. In the state that I live in, we've only just moved to being able to do boot camps of 10 people. That's it, nothing else. Now you're over in the States there, it's a little bit different. So can you just give us a rundown with what's been happening, let's say over the last couple of weeks? Uh, it's been a little bit chaotic to be honest with you um, because there's so many unknowns and there's so much up in the air and every state is different. So for example, uh, one state gave three days notice uh, but then certain counties were able to open. Uh, one state the other day told them that they could open, but only one person at a time in the gym. Full service gyms, not studios. A full big box gym can only have one person at a time, uh, which caused chaos and, and people going bonkers, uh, obviously. There's been gym owners that have um, gone against government regulations and decided to open because they felt as though it was their personal right uh, to do so. Um, and then you get the states that are slowly opening the guidelines and providing different guidelines. Some states requiring masks for members, some not. Some requiring gloves, some not. So it, it's been a little bit chaotic now. There's nothing that's straight across the board at this point over here. You just got to watch every day. So that must make it difficult if you're working with one club owner in one state and then you're working with another club owner in another state and the the rules and regulations are a little bit different. How do you balance that and how do you stay up to date? Uh, how do I balance? It's called a late night drinking. Um, but no, uh, stay up to date is really watching a lot of news, unfortunately, which can be depressing to, to some degree. Uh, but just... 
trying to stay up to date with when things are getting posted. Uh, the New York Times, uh, I believe it was the New York Times, posted a link that kind of gave an outline of what they were hearing as far as proposed opening dates. So that's been a little bit helpful for us. There's a link that we can go to to kind of see when some states are supposedly opening and we can be on the lookout for, you know, the different governmental uh, governor press conferences, which has helped us a lot. Uh, we've been able to get our hands on some of the documents early. Um, Alabama, Texas, um, Utah, some of those things as they were coming out, we were able to get a hold of those documents quickly so that we could move on the fly. But at the end of the day, Mel, preparation is preparation. I tell everybody, you got to have a plan, and it's got to be flexible. You have to have a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, and G in case they say this, in case they see this. And you have to be able to execute on that. So that requires basic outline of planning and the ability to shift quickly once you get your government, you know, governor's guidelines. And that's really been a, a savior for us. We have some basic things that everybody's doing, and we, we are seeing some patterns in states, so it's allowing us to better prepare our clients in different states. So when I was um, waiting for you to jump onto the, uh, the Facebook Live, I was telling those that were watching how you've been helping uh, club owners design, design the gym floor so that it's, it's safe. And I noticed, um, obviously, I've received some emails from you, and you're on the same path as myself as a club owner by designating every second or third machine. How successful do you think that that will be in clubs? <laughs> so far, so good. The ones that have opened, um, there's been a few problems from people that we heard in the States, you know, a couple people saying that they just wanted to work out next to their spouse or significant other and they remove a sign or whatever. But so far, so good from the member standpoint. It is challenging because a lot of gyms pack as much equipment as they can in, square, in certain square meters or square feet. So they can't really move equipment. You know, and so they have to shut more pieces down. We've been finding that some who've packed them in really tight are only able to operate about 30 or 40% of their, their cardio at this point because they're so tight together. Now, in other facilities, they're a little bit more spread apart, so they're able to get a few more pieces uh, in there. If you don't have as open of a floor plan, um, it's going to be challenging. You're going to have to make some adjustments. So that's what we're really helping people do. Figure it out. How do we get proper physical distancing. I hate the term social distancing. I've hated it since day one. That's what gyms are about, right? Community, yep. socializing, being together. Um, that's why I appreciated that whole together apart, you know, hashtag for a lot of people because we do need to be together. Uh, we just have to be, you know, six feet or two and a half meters apart or however, however it justifies. So physical distancing is important and we're helping people line their clubs up accordingly. And so far, so good. Challenges, of course, but working out. I mean, there's always going to be challenges. I mean, no matter what you're doing in club, whenever there's change, there's always challenge. The, the two the two go together. But let's say, just so we can help the guys out here um, in Australia, what's the first thing that you do, the first thing that you do as a consultant to club owners, when you walk into the club to assist them, what are some of the first things that you say, that's got to go and you need to do this? Well, first I want to make a statement. I believe that great challenges present great opportunities and a good team. So let's just make that clear. I think, I think a great challenge really makes us get stronger and get better as business owners and operators. Um, secondly, 
definitely not visiting clubs at this point, so it's a lot of pictures and video and floor layouts and that kind of thing. Uh, but we really want to take what we refer to, you know, the customer journey. You hear that phrase a lot. We want to see the visit in the eyes of the member. What is it going to be like from the time they pull up in the parking lot? How are they going to park? How are they going to enter the club? You know, there's physical contact on the doors. Do you prop the doors open? Today, at one of my clients in Texas, uh, we had a concierge, and they opened and closed the door all day long, and they took a couple hour shifts, and, you know, because there was only one set of doors, um, we had them opening and closing the door. It was great. People loved it. You know, that personal, almost like hotel hospitality feel. Uh, which was fantastic. Um, so we try and look and anticipate all the challenges that they're going to face, what they're going to come into contact with, and anticipate that need. How close are the trash cans? How easy is it to get a gym wipe? How easy is it to wipe down a machine, throw out a paper towel, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and that's really what we try and do first and foremost. Then we start taking a look at the business side. How is it going to affect the numbers, its flow, all that kind of stuff. So let's talk about the business side of it then. Now, mm -hmm. as, as we both know, challenge allows opportunity. And I know that I've used what's happened um, as opportunity. What are some of the opportunities that you're seeing occur in clubs? And what are some of the, some of the opportunities that you're saying to club owners, hey, this is a great moment for you to try A, B, and C? Reinvent yourself. There's a lot of people who have not looked at their floor plan in a very, very long time. Um, we've seen a move towards, you know, more open spaces, turf, functional fitness, group programming. And there's still a lot of club owners that have been slow to maybe adopt that process and have still packed their gym floors with equipment. We're seeing a lot of opportunity for them to rethink that, that floor plan now, open spaces up, and do more uh, of those open type of floor plans, uh, which has been great. The other thing is everybody's moved, trying to move towards virtual which is hilarious because, you know, some people were so dead set against doing virtual before, but like, no. Now, I want to make it clear. I don't think there's anything like the in-person experience. I when you are live, you know, watch a concert, right? It's not the same, a sporting event. It's not the same when you hear the fans and the passion. Same thing is true with the class. The energy isn't the same, but can you deliver a great service virtually? I think you can, but I think... If you're going to do that, you need to invest in the right equipment to make it not hokey or or, or uh, really home version. It's like right now we've been able to get by with iPhones and cameras and different things, which is great. But from a long-term strategy standpoint, there is opportunity in providing um, you know, virtual, on-demand, uh, and even club apps, people moving towards club apps. So I do think that that's something that a lot of club owners are looking at as an opportunity to expand their reach. Yeah, I must agree, um, Jared. We went into virtual classes pretty much within 48 hours of all of this happening for right. us. And, you know, I'm going in there myself. So, you know, it's 6 o'clock in the morning and I'm doing the Facebook Lives and then, I'm, you know, I'm uploading it to YouTube and then uploading it to the Fitter um, platform. I must admit, it, it took me a while to get into that moment of not having people in the room and not being able to, to speak to, to everybody that was in there. But what I like about the virtual platform as a club owner is that now I have this another business within a business that I'm now going to be able to, when we do open, upsell to my members. And of course, you know, at the moment we are doing it um, free and I know a lot of people don't agree with me for doing that, but we are doing it free because I'm in a position to be able to do that. Once the doors open, obviously what we're going to do is 
those virtual classes will be classes that actually are live classes in our club with our members. We'll film those and then we'll put them up onto the platform. And our, obviously we want to upsell those to people coming through the door because the most important thing is to keep everybody moving consistently, not just when they come to the club, but you know when they go on holidays or when they've got spare time on the weekend. And you and I both know that not all the members are going to return to the clubs because they all don't have jobs. So the platform yeah. may allow them to keep their fitness journey going. Um, is there anything that you feel that club owners could have improved with their virtual programming? Well, I'm going to go on back one, one up on that because I agree with you. We did a live question and answer uh, about a week or two ago. And it was this time it was not just with fitness professionals owners. We actually had members on there. And as we got into the topic about virtual training, we started to ask the questions, hey, how many of you are, are taking virtual classes from your health club? And all but one said that they were. We asked them, how many of you would like to continue to have virtual as an option when you go back to your gyms? All but one. And that one was very, uh, very unhappy with virtual offerings, didn't like it. But that's okay. That's what happens when you go live, just yeah. like a technology issue. But then I asked the question, and I thought this was the most telling. How many of you would be willing to pay more for your membership if a virtual offering was offered in addition to your health club services? All but that same one said, absolutely. So a lot of clubs are thinking about, well, how do I discount? How do I get people in? And yet people are still in the mindset of paying more for a good experience, which is why I say make sure you make the investment if you're going to do it We've probably all learned some lessons, right? How to position the camera, what version of music to use, because music licensing is another thing that a lot yes. of people have issues with, right? Yes. Um, sound system, do I use my headset? Do I? What's my background? Do I do it in the studio? So we're learning these lessons, and I encourage every owner to, to or manager, instructor, make notes of lessons learned every day, every time you film it, so that when you start to bring that virtual program into your club, now you can take all those lessons learned and really put out some great content. Really invest in the right lighting, the video equipment. Because if you're going to make that part of your offering, you got to do it right. Especially if you're going to charge people for it. Well, you have to do it right because otherwise you start competing with everybody else out there, don't you? Really? It's like the fake Instagram fitness professionals, you know, like the. Oh, yeah. Know, I'm an Instagram model because I work out and now I can charge people for my program and that's done us a lot of harm. So you really at this point need to set yourself up as the professionals and yeah. you're going to do that with the experience. We deliver experience. When somebody goes to your class, right, hit and run, whatever it is, they're going for the experience. Well, you got to deliver a great virtual experience. So you need to take a look at some of the people who are really good at doing that. There's plenty of companies out there that do some really good virtual programming. Yeah, I agree with that. And I've always said to uh, group fitness instructors, if you don't grab, if you don't grab your consumer in the first five minutes, it's very, very hard work to grab them again in the later 10 or 15 minutes of the class because you've got to go bang in that in that first five minutes and as we said you're competing with all of those people on Instagram I think you know working out with your own community has um, a lot more benefits as opposed to working out with an Instagram influencer just pretty much because they are your local community so we try to encourage you know our members to stick with us as opposed to go shopping you know on Instagram yeah, and that's the other thing. And I'm not knocking 
professional, real professionals who are giving great content via Instagram. Definitely not knocking that. There's a place for that, and they're helping a lot of people. The other thing, though, that I think is really important is when delivering a virtual platform, you're right. They've developed a relationship with you, your instructors, your trainers, your coaches. So, yes, there are some good virtual platforms that you can buy into that have other content, which might be fine from a supplementary point of view. But if you can deliver the faces and the formats that they're used to and the people that they connect with, you're only going to really be able to enhance that brand and really enhance their loyalty to your product. Uh, So I encourage you, don't just buy into some other virtual. Create your own as well. Let your instructors be part of that virtual community, and that will help really build that membership base and really tie them in and feel like family. I totally agree with you there, Jared. Now, this leads me to another part of um, COVID-19. Obviously, we're going to have to sell differently now. It's not Mm -hmm. a case of how we were selling six months ago. The whole landscape of how we sell and how we retain is completely different now. It's just being turned right around. What are some of the resources or the tools and tips that you can give to club owners and their frontline team members in regards to selling and closing? Well, I say this. I don't think you're going to have a problem with the quote-unquote like gym rats, right, the gym junkies. We joke around all the time that, you know, that small percentage of loyalists, they'll come if you have a nuclear bomb in the, in the lobby, right? Like they're going to come and work out. It doesn't matter if it's reactive or whatever. It's the other people that we work hard as an industry to attract and maintain, some people who are more self-conscious, um, slightly overweight, middle-aged woman who had a couple kids and she feels uncomfortable. We work really hard to get that demographic. We work really hard to get active older adults and tell them about a health and fitness lifestyle. The sales cycle is going to change. And it's going to change to the point where we really have to be dialed into the concerns of the consumer. And, you know, these people that run these short sales and do price discount, it, it's not what it's going to be anymore. You really have to evolve uh, you really have to do needs assessment, and you have to think about those people. Stop appealing to the, the small percentage of gym rats and really look at the concerned individuals moving forward who really need our product to live. You know, these, yeah. these 65 and older people who they consider high risk, they need us. They're managing diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, all these different things. They need exercise. Well, are we making our facilities comfortable for them? That's what's going to change the sales cycle is whether we're equipped, properly staffed, set up with the correct programming and the options for these individuals to do business with us. Do we make it easy or do we make it difficult? So, Jared, how are we going to tap into these guys? Are we, are we going to tap into them through uh, Facebook, referrals? How are we going to do that? It's going to take time, honestly, yeah. because they're the ones to pull back slowly. You know, uh, we opened the doors today, like I said, in Texas, and there was a line of about 60 people out the door waiting to get in six feet apart. They were probably spaced, but they were there. Uh, but that wasn't your concern population. Again, yeah. they're going to take time to slowly come back. And the thing that I tell everybody is your best marketing piece is a member testimonial. So you're going to come into one of my client gyms, and I'm going to say, Mel, I'm going to grab you as you're walking out and say, Mel, do you mind if we talk for a few minutes? I'd love to get your, your feedback. And the reason why I say testimonials are the most powerful is because people expect us to sell them that we're doing everything awesome. Like, yes, it's like that Lego movie where they're like, everything is awesome. Yeah, they expect us to say that because we want people to come into our gym. Yeah. 
But if they see their friend, their neighbor, their relative, and they're hearing, listen, you know, Mel's gym was fantastic. Everything was clean. I, I was very comfortable. There were no issues. Everybody did with her. They're more comfortable with that testimonial. Consumer confidence is very, very low in our product. The world has said no to gyms. We need to tell them yes to gyms, but we need to let other people tell them that it's okay. And it needs to be other people just like them yep. who tell them that it's okay. Yeah. So my mom, my grandmother, or you know, if I have a weight loss group or a transformation challenge group, they want to hear from those people that it's okay. And we have to expect that it's going to take time for a lot of these people to come back. And that's why we have to plan our business model accordingly to sustain ourselves as they grow in consumer confidence to use our product. I mean, you're absolutely right. This is a great opportunity for us to redesign our business model and pretty much start all over again. And you've spoken about how, um, you know, there's lots of gyms that have uh, enormous amounts of equipment squashed in and now's a really great time to be going out, going into the club and to be getting rid of what you don't need to allow for that safe uh, physical distancing, that's pretty important. We've spoke about the virtual platforms and how important that's going to be and the role that it is going to play, the role that it is going to play in the future success of health clubs. We've spoken about tapping into the new consumer, which is, um, as you said, you know, the people that suffer from diabetes, you know, the, and the unhealthy people, the, the people who have been staying home right throughout this isolation period because those are the dedicated to their fitness, as you said. They'll be in that queue of 60 waiting out the front door. Just before we head um, towards the end of our podcast today, what I'd like to ask you is I'm seeing a lot of um, new uh, spunky franchise boutique studios opening up with some terrific gym design. Now, I know that you're right into gym design for new business and that you work alongside some pretty cool people in the industry. What do you think is going to be the flavor for the next, let's say, the next five years? Uh, I would say work with our buddy Quoco Black on, on that a little bit, right? Uh, he's very creative and, and definitely you know changes the game when it comes to club design. Uh, but it is going to take creative thinking, you know, and and I, I'm afraid that we're going to lose quite a bit of businesses, unfortunately. Uh, I think a lot of boutiques are actually are not going to be able to withstand, you know, some of the requirements, you know, the revenue requirements to stay open with limited capacity. And I think we're going to see some of them go away. And I think you're going to see more and more big box players really try and put these boutiques now into the gyms. We've been seeing that already. Yeah. But I think you're going to really see a push towards separated rooms, uh, you know, small group training, more space uh, out there, um, maybe even pods. I mean, we've seen some things in Asia right now. You've probably seen it too with yeah. glass partitions and new workout pods and um, all kinds of creative things. But I do think the gyms of the future are going to have more space, less equipment, and, and hopefully better programming. And I really do think we've got some talented individuals in our industry. And I, and I think as a group, you're, by next URSA and next FIBO, you're probably going to see some really, really creative things in the way of gym design and, and fitness programming. Uh, you can count on it. I, 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 would, I would bet my rep on that one. Um, I totally agree with you there. I think programming is going to explode. 
Uh, I'm seeing a lot of suppliers and individuals, as you say, um, go out now and test their product uh, in clubs. One of, um, and I am I am going to give them a bit of a spruik here, uh, Crank It Fitness have got some really cool stuff happening. So please jump on to Crank It Fitness and have a look at what they've been doing in the last six weeks. Their business has just exploded. Still programs have got some pretty cool stuff as well if you're into to group fitness. And I know that, um, Jared, you've seen some pretty the awesome programming coming out of the USA as well. Yeah, uh, creativity. It I, is. I can't say yeah. enough. I, I said this to a group of instructors the other day. Some of you have been teaching the same formats and doing the same classes for 15, 20 years. Like, this is the time. You've been yep. forced in a house or wherever quarantine. It is time to reinvent yourself. It's time to learn something new. It's time to get creative. Create the next, you know, fad, the next trend, um, the next workout program, the next piece of equipment. This is a time when great things happen. Great challenges present great opportunities to do great and amazing things. And that's what our industry needs to do. And I guarantee you, if you can do that, you will win this war. And I say it all the time. People don't cancel relationships. They cancel memberships. So do things that build relationships, not sell memberships. And programming, what does that do? Creates community. And community is the most important part of your business. Absolutely. That's what it is. That's why it's physical distancing, not social distancing. We need to be social now. Absolutely. And we are very social. We were very social before when we couldn't get our Facebook Live to happen. But, hey. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. You know, biggest <laughs> social you know, uh, media system in the world, and we failed on that one. We, so we did, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Here we are delivering what everybody wanted us to deliver. I am going to just say to those guys that are watching um, at the moment, if you need some help with group programming, group fitness, please uh, throw me an inbox because I'm very lucky to see a lot of the product before it goes out into the marketplace. But I also do create it myself. And Jared is right in what he's saying. You have to reinvent yourself. Stop being the follower. Be the leader because the le being the leader is what's going to get you to have a successful business with a healthy profit line. Jared. If somebody would like to get in touch with you, and I know that you can work with Australian club owners, not just US, but Australian yep. club owners and also Asia and the UK, where is the best place to get a hold of Jared? So uh, on that thing called the World Wide Web, you can find me at healthclubdoctor.com uh, with the word doctor spelled out, healthclubdoctor.com. You can email me at Jared, J-A-R-R-O-D at healthclubdoctor.com where you can find me on all the social media channels. Just type it in and you'll find me. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much, Jared, for joining me this afternoon. I know it's quite late over there now, but I do appreciate your time. Mel, it's an honor and a privilege. I appreciate it and appreciate all you do and wish everybody there in, in uh, Australia, New Zealand, and, and everybody listening around the world the best of success. Thanks, Jared. I'll drop all of Jared's details into the bottom of our podcast, but I'd also like to mention that today's podcast is proudly sponsored by FitRec Fitness Registration for Fitness Professionals in Australia and New Zealand. Thanks, Jared. Awesome. Thanks, Mel. Take it easy. I will.